When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Farm Talk. I'm Maureen Tuig. On the programme this week, the revised National Development Plan, ICSA CAP proposal. We look ahead to Ag Mental Health Week. Agriculture Minister Charlie McConnell launches Savour Food eTool. We hear from Cork County Mokra and John O'Connor has more on stories making the agri-news. Farm Talk on C103. The three ministers at the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine have welcomed the public to the revised NDP National Development Plan. The revised NDP will set the department's new five-year rolling capital allocations. The NDP will support economic, social and environmental development across the country. Minister McConnell noted that as we emerge from the pandemic and continue to deal with the challenges posed by Brexit, the NDP review allows us to map out the development of the agri-food sector. The strategic investment priorities for the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine are, the Minister noted, in the Rural Development Programme and All-Farm Investment, Ireland's Rural Development Programme, RDP, 2014 to 2020, which has been extended to 2022, will provide €1.5 billion of support to rural communities in Ireland over its remaining lifetime. Minister McConlogue noted... Ireland's CAP Strategic Plan, CSP, for the period 2023 to 2027 inclusive will underpin the sustainable development of Ireland's farming and food sector by supporting viable farm incomes and enhancing competitiveness, by strengthening the socio-economic fabric of rural areas and by contributing to the achievement of environmental and climate objectives at national and EU levels. Minister McConnell expected that the on-farm capital investment scheme under Ireland's 2023 to 2027 inclusive CSP would help farmers looking to invest in capital projects on their farms. Investment would increase environmental efficiency in the sector through the adoption of new technologies, support young farmers in assessing finance so they are in a better position to invest in and develop their farming enterprises and improve animal health and welfare and farm safety on farms. Turning to the sector worst hit by Brexit, he referred to fishery harbour centres and seafood development programmes. Major developments in Castletown Bear, Hoth, Killybegs had commenced and while all have been delayed somewhat due to COVID-19 restrictions, they are expected to be completed in early 2022. 
Preparatory work is ongoing for other projects, including a major dredging project in Hoth, which is currently at planning stage. Overall, it was noted, a capital investment programme of up to €180 million across all six fishery harbour centres at Castletown Bear, Hoth, Dunmore East, Dingle, Rosseville and Killebegs encompass ongoing safety and maintenance and necessary new developments envisaged for commencement up to 2025. Ongoing improvements will be required thereafter. It was noted that Ireland's European Maritime and Fisheries Fund programme 2014 to 20 would award the last of its 240 million euro budget this year 21. The new seafood development programme 2021 to 27 inclusive will be launched in 2022 with 142 million euro EU funds from the European Maritime Fisheries and Aquaculture Fund, EMFAF, and matching funds from the government. The Seafood Development Programme would assist seafood enterprises in the fisheries, aquaculture and seafood processing sectors to adapt to the impacts of Brexit and COVID to grow seafood output, add value to seafood products enhance the competitiveness of seafood enterprises and develop their markets. It would support the conservation of fish stocks, the protection and restoration of marine habitats and biodiversity, and climate change mitigation, plus adaptation in the seafood sector. It would fund the development and dissemination of knowledge and technology in the seafood sector to address challenges and evade opportunities for the sustainable growth of the seafood sector. And finally, it would assist coastal communities in diversifying and growing their economies. Referring to forestry in the NDP, it was noted that forestry is a vital resource for the Irish economy. In addition to their economic, social and recreational role, Ireland's forests play an essential role in helping with climate change mitigation through carbon sequestration in forests and the provision of renewable fuels and raw materials. The Climate Action Plan 2019 outlines 34 high-level actions with associated sub-measures specifically for the forest sector, including a target of an average of 8,000 hectares of afforestation per year. The targets set out in the Climate Action Plan are aligned with the level of ambition for afforestation specified in the current forestry programme 2014 to 2020, with targets for afforestation rising incrementally to 8,100 hectares per annum to 2020. In respect of access to finance, Minister of State, with special responsibility for research and development, farm safety and new market development, Martin Hayden TD, said the department would consider utilising some of its NDP funding to redevelop the regional laboratory network and introduce pilot anaerobic digester projects. Both potential projects are at the very earliest stages of planning and definitive costs or timelines have yet to be assigned. More information on the impact of the NDP on agriculture available at the department's website www.gov.ie all lowercase. John O'Connor for Farm Talk.
Farmers are warning government its climate action strategy will decimate Ireland's largest indigenous sector. Rallies were held in Cork, Portleash, Roscommon and Cavan yesterday, where farmers voiced their concerns at current policies. President of the Irish Farmers Association, Tim Cullinan, says they deserve to be at the negotiating table to outline their concerns. We are very, very unhappy with the government at the moment. What we want to achieve here is that we can sit down around the table with the government, come up with a proper plan because you know, what we're looking at here is uh, enormous change for our, our farmers for the coming years. I would go as far as to say it's the most um, substantial change we're going to see since the foundation of the state. The Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association has put a cap proposal together. To tell us more, here's ICSA President Dermot Callagher. We put a cap proposal together and it's, it's technically feasible. And it meets all the EU objectives and it's fully costed. And what it is, is €300 Euro per sucking cow. It's €35 Euro for a breeding ewe. It's €100 Euro for a beef cattle efficiency payment for killing beef cattle younger, which is saving in carbon. And there's a 15000 agro-environmental scheme and a 25% top-up for young, young farmers. That's the, that's the biggest outline of it. How the €300 Euro is arrived at? is that they've been 90 euro at the moment for the two schemes that they're at the moment. Plus, we think there should be 120 of it to top up on the soccer cow, and the 19 and the 16 of a top up on the breeding yards, and that's including for fiber for the wool, because at the moment wool is worth nothing, and it's been treated as, as, as nothing. And we believe if the wool was presented, and farmers got a few pounds to present the wool, Maybe we could get back to a stage where where wool is worth a lot of money because I'm old enough to remember when wool was the big harvest. You know what I mean? We have a, a sheep a wool a wool board and we're developing a wool strategy. So I believe that our plan is completely costed and is technically feasible. ICSA President Dermot Callagher there. According to documents being prepared by the Department of Agriculture, it's understood that active farmers will have to prove their personal farm activity on their holding to claim BPS money in the next cap. The documents appear to outline that a minimum stocking rate of 0.15 livestock units per hectare is likely to be the minimum bar for grassland farmers with animals or else they will need to prove they make hay or silage for sale using receipts. Farmers may also have to prove they are personally responsible for maintaining landscape features. Farmers with crops will face checks they have receipts for seed, fertiliser or other inputs. So-called armchair farmers who do not carry out any farming activity on any part of their farm are likely to be added to a, quote, negative list of people who will not be eligible for BPS payments. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Following World Habitat Day recently, the IFA Environment and Rural Affairs Chairman and Smart Farming's Programme Leader, Mr Paul O'Brien, said while hedgerow cutting is now permitted to the end of February, farmers should be aware that hedges provide food and shelter and habitats for wildlife and birds throughout the winter months. Ideally, Mr Bryan said, we should do as little as possible with our hedgerows and they should be allowed to grow upwards and outwards. If hedges are starting to spread too far into fields, the sides can be trimmed back to keep them under control. It's recommended to only cut one-third of hedges each year to benefit the environment as much as possible. Paul O'Brien emphasised the need for farmers to communicate with contractors about maintaining hedgerows and to explain what they want to achieve from hedge cutting. 
He said farmers should speak with contractors about leaving some thorn hedges uncut or doing less cutting than previous years. Farmers, he said, need to make sure their contractor knows what they actually want. Mr O'Brien pointed out that hedgerows contribute significantly to biodiversity and carbon sequestration. He encouraged farmers who are considering planting to do so this winter. New hedges should be planted between November and March, depending on weather conditions. Planting new hedges, he said, can increase the number of full trees within the hedge and the density of the hedges. More information available on the IFA Smart Farming Programme at www.smartfarming.ie, all lowercase and the one word. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. Ag Mental Health Week gets underway tomorrow, October 10th, and it runs until October 16th. C103's Katie O'Keefe has been speaking to Cork farmer Peter Hines, who, along with his wife Paula, founded Ag Mental Health Week last year. It's been busy, uh, but positive. Uh, there's a huge amount of interest in the week this year, uh, and we're delighted uh, to be able to run it for a second year. I think it's something that's going to grow year on year, uh, and likewise, the global community and agriculture faces the same challenges, but likewise, we all want to support each other. So uh, we're really looking forward to a positive week next week. Do you think that mental health is something that's not really spoken about within the agricultural sector? It is spoken about, but likewise, the challenges to an extent are never going to go away. And I don't think we can ever do enough to uh, to break down the stigma. I had a very, very good conversation uh, with a number of vets from around the world early this morning. And we were just saying, ultimately, you know, there's an unlimited financial budget available globally in agriculture to support mental health. Uh, and, and ag businesses are very, very keen to promote, to support uh, mental health awareness and, and those who are struggling. But likewise, it's not all financial. It's, it's, it's about encouraging people to engage, to, to look for support when they need help and to look out for each other. You know, if we do notice a neighbour or a colleague that is struggling, um, and just to highlight that there's always someone willing to talk or willing to listen. There's always someone at the end of, of, of a phone. And I think it's engagement is probably one of the key things. Um, because, look, the reality is the challenges do not go away for, for the agricultural community. Like vets have an extremely busy schedule, especially large animal vets there. Now. I think we're predominantly spring calving herd in Ireland. So in the springtime, the vets are under phenomenal pressure and they still have to keep going. Uh, and likewise, Canada this year, uh, Western Canada has experienced a severe drought, uh, which has huge financial implications on, on farms uh, and puts a lot of stress on farmers. And when you look at what's unfolding in the UK at the moment with the, the pig industry, uh, the reality is there's 120,000 pigs going to be culled or euthanized uh, in the UK in the next few weeks. That's going to cost UK farmers about 24 million sterling. But it's what's got the, the the effect is going to have on on the individuals. I mean, we can talk about those statistics all day long. The reality is, they're farmers that are raising livestock to produce quality food, and now they're seeing those animals slaughtered and sent for incineration because they cannot get them processed in factories. That's absolutely soul destroying for them. You know, when their job is to rear healthy animals and give them the best quality of life 
right through to, to to slaughter into the food chain and likewise for the vets that are involved. I mean, like, a vet's daily job is to go out and look after animals, make them healthier, uh, and uh, and often when if an animal is sick, they, their job is to make make them better. And now they find themselves in a scenario where they're just going to have to go into large pig farms in the UK and uh, shoot pigs just to because they cannot get them processed, which in my mind. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's it is going to lead to uh, to mental health challenges for farmers and vets. Uh, that has been proven ten times over from the fact. If you look back to uh, the foot and mouth crisis in the UK, the incidence of suicide went up tenfold in the UK that year in farming. Uh, so that is the impact it has on individuals on the ground. Uh, and I mean, like we're all discussing climate change at the moment. Food waste is one of uh, is the third largest carbon emitter globally, and to say that that level of food is just going to be incinerated because it cannot be pro- pro- uh, processed is ridiculous in my mind. So I think I think governments and policy really needs to uh, to understand that the, the personal impact that it has on a farmer when they decide policy, uh, and they need to look at that. And I think as a whole governments around the world need to look and see when the crisis is happening in agriculture how fast can we roll out support to those farmers to ensure that we do not ultimately lose lives in farming Peter Hines there and you can follow Ag Mental Health Week on Twitter and Facebook The Minister of State at the Department of Agriculture Food and the Marine Martin Hayden TD has urged Irish food business operators to continue to prepare for the introduction of import controls on export of certain goods and agricultural goods to Great Britain Minister Hayden emphasised changes being introduced by the UK government have only been postponed for the moment and not cancelled. Regarding details of the new regulations, businesses can get in touch with the Irish Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, dedicated email address as follows. All lowercase, Brexit call, one word, at agriculture.gov.ie. That's Brexit call at agriculture.gov.ie or by phoning the following number, Dublin number, 01 607-2830 with any Brexit-related queries. Detailed advice and resources are also available on the Government of Ireland website as follows www.gov.ie forward slash Brexit and uh, the G there is a capital G and the B is capital B. That's uh, www.gov.ie forward slash Brexit. On September 14th, 2021, the UK government made an announcement in the UK House of Commons that it was postponing introduction of its new SPS import controls, which were due to have come into force on 1st of October 2021. The specific changes announced by the UK government are... The requirement for pre-notification of agri-food imports will now apply from 1st of January 2022 and not 1st of October this year. Secondly, the requirement for export health certification of most EU food exports to GB will now apply from 1st of January 2022 and not from 1st of October of this year, 21. Thirdly, 
Physical checks on SPS goods at GB border control posts, which were due to have come into operation on 1st of January 2022 and 1st of March 2022, are now also postponed until 1st of July 2022 for product categories including live animals. SPS refers to sanitary and phytosanitary controls. Minister Hayden pointed out these new UK import controls will impact on exporters of all products of animal origin, including all meat, dairy, fish and composite products incorporating products of animal origin, certain animal byproducts, high-risk food not of animal origin, as well as regulated plants and plant products. Anyone moving goods from, to or through the UK, excluding Northern Ireland, should register with the Department of Agriculture as an importer or exporter and arrange registration on TRACES, as T-R-A-C-E-S, as appropriate, by contacting the Department of Agriculture on the following website. Brexit registration, lowercase, at agriculture.gov.ie. Irish and EU exporters should familiarise themselves with the SPS sanitary and phytosanitary controls that would have come into effect on the dates mentioned. Minister of State of the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Martin Hayden, made his comments addressing the 24th meeting of the Consultative Committee of Stakeholders on Brexit, and the Minister urged those working in the Ireland-Great Britain food supply chain to use the additional time available now to intensify and refine their preparations for the changes which would apply from 1st of January 2022 and 1st of July 2022. The Consultative Committee of Stakeholders on Brexit also heard updates from the Department of Foreign Affairs on recent developments at EU level in respect of the EU-UK relationship, including the ongoing engagement on the implementation of the Ireland-Northern Ireland Protocol. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. Kieran Collins, Chagisk Tillage Specialist for the South, joins us now. We're going to start with Harvest 2021. And overall, it's been a good harvest. It has really, in fairness. Um, I suppose the, the holy trinity, as some people call it, of, of yield, price, and then the weather to actually gather the crops. Um, you know, we did get that this year, thankfully. Um, you know, so look, overall, it, it, it was a good harvest. And, and also in the sense that, you know, 12 months ago, people were able to get the crops into the ground. You know, uh, the winter was relatively kind. And then, you know, there was good, good opportunities to sow spring crops. And then the growing season, apart from maybe in May, which was, was, was wet and a little bit cold, but, you know, we did get enough sunshine and, and, and the yields came through for most people. And I suppose we have had scenarios in the past where, you know, we've had very good crops coming up to harvest 2012. That was one that was sticking in our mind. And, you know, we just got very poor harvest weather. But thankfully this year, in general now, and there will always be exceptions, I think most people got through it well enough. And then obviously the, the, the price was, the, was the, the final bit on them, you know. And I suppose, Kiran, when we look at the, the straw incorporation scheme, what kind of an impact did that have on the straw market? Yeah, it, it's interesting. It, it was the first year of it, and I suppose there was certainly a bit of nervousness within the industry, maybe in, in, in well, in some corners anyway, that it might distort the straw market, one or on the other side, that there wouldn't be uh, much demand for it. But I think we found a nice little equilibrium in it, in that there was £10 million in the fund, and I think most of that was actually spent. Tillage farmers welcomed it because, you know, obviously chopping straw has a big impact over time on increasing soil organic matter, which is very valuable on on, on tillage soils, especially where you wouldn't have a lot of organic manures coming out. So from that end, it was a very welcome scheme. And then I suppose from the livestock side of it, it didn't really distort the straw market too much because... A lot of the crops that were actually chopped would have been chopped anyway. Say the likes of spring and winter oats, uh, oilseed rape, and then you had some wheat chopped as well. And again, some of that would, would ordinarily have been chopped anyway. And I suppose livestock farmers tend to look for, for barley straw first and there wouldn't have been a whole lot of that chopped. So I think overall the scheme was, was a great success really. And um, I suppose we'd be hoping that it will continue into the future. And I suppose, yeah, with, with that, Kieran, looking to next year and the prospects for, for 2022, you're expecting a big increase in fertiliser costs. Yeah, that's, that's going to be the key one for, well, for all farmers, not just tillage farmers. You know, um, you, you, you couldn't pin down a price on fertiliser at the moment. But, you know, if you listen to some of the commentary, you know, pe- some people are talking about a 100% increase in fertiliser costs, which, which obviously would be huge, and especially in high, you know, high high demand crops like winter wheat, say, you know, winter oil, seed rape, winter barley, those type crops, you know. So that is going to significantly erode margins. And, you know, we were looking at some of the figures lately in Chagas and depending where you pitch your, your grain price, like, but it can take over 50% from the margin of, of, of a lot of crops. So that is... I suppose that is a bit of a worry. Um, and I suppose also it sort of maybe changes some people, people's cropping plans, you know. 
So I think, you know, if you look at do the figures, uh, crops like uh, legumes, like beans, you know, which have no nitrogen requirement because obviously it takes nitrogen from the atmosphere, you'd imagine that, you know, those kind of crops, uh, you know, in this scenario would, would, would come into vogue a little bit more, you know, and, you know, that we have had good price for, for beans in, in recent years. So that's probably a, a change maybe or a symptom maybe of the, the high fertiliser prices that we might see come, come the spring, you know. When we go to sowing winter crops, how much is done in Cork? Very little, very little. Um, you know, there was a good spell of weather there at the end of September, but it was really too early for, for sowing down this side of the world. I know there would, there would have been a certain amount done further up the country, especially in the northeast, but it really was just a little bit soon for us in terms of the impact it would have on, on BYDV and, and, and weed control and that. So obviously we've had this, this wet spell, um, uh, fingers crossed, but I think the forecast possibly for next week is a little bit better. And I think, you know, if we do get a good run of, of 10 or 14 days, that will help people to get most of what, uh, what they want to sow in. But as I say, there's, there's very little gone in so far. And Kieran, do you have any advice on weed control in winter crops? Yeah, just as I mentioned there, I suppose we've had an increasing issue in winter crops with uh, with grass weeds. So particularly brooms, really, and I suppose to a lesser extent, uh, black grass, which thankfully is a small issue of problem in, in, in County Cork. But, you know, um, these weeds, both black grass and brooms, they, they germinate in the autumn. So the earlier that you sow your crops, um, the more chance that those weeds have to germinate and establish. So I suppose if there's a silver lining in our delayed sowing, it is that we will get lower germination rates of some of these weeds. Having said that, if you do expect to have a brome problem in your field, we know from the trials that we've carried out in Chagas that a pre-emergence herbicide is a far better solution, especially in barley than uh, post-emergence, you know, and there's very few options actually in barley, but if you do have a brome issue, you know, certainly the pre-emergence herbicides are a big advantage, and the pre-emergence herbicides are also a big advantage in uh, controlling annual meadowgrass. So we had IPU years ago, which is a great job at annual meadowgrass, that's gone now. So again, if you're anticipating uh, an annual meadowgrass problem, you know, whether it's wheat or barley, certainly a pre-emergence herbicide would, would give you a distinct advantage there. And Kieran, you mentioned BYDV there, barley yellow dwarf virus, and there was exceptionally mild weather there in September. What kind of an effect is that having? Yeah, it's a good point because, um, you know, aphid migration is favoured by higher temperatures. So when when we get mild weather, uh, aphid migration, aphid flight from the neighbouring hedgerow or the grass field into a cereal crop, um, you know, it, 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 it makes that more likely to happen. So, again, the fact that it's been mild recently, uh, we know from our suction towers that there are plenty of, of, of weed aphids about at the moment. So, I suppose that is certainly a risk and anybody that has some earlier so on crops, you know, they need, may need a control there at the, the two to three leaf stage. I suppose the fact that, that sowing is somewhat delayed, you know, a lot of the crops now aren't going to emerge until maybe the end of the month or into November. And that definitely is a help because once you get into that time of year, obviously temperatures drop. Aphid migration is, is less or can often be finished at that stage. So the, so that lowers the risk. So I suppose really from a, a childless perspective in terms of advice, really, it would be, 
you know, if your area is someone you really need to be careful and you may need an insecticide, if you're late or stolen, I think the advice really before you apply, uh, apply an insecticide is to go out, walk around the field, especially take note of the headlands, because that's where aphids are more likely to land. See, can you find them? And, you know, maybe you don't need an insecticide if they're, if they're not there, but the, the weather will be a big factor at the time, I think, maybe. Kieran Collins there, Chagask Tillage Specialist for the South. Farm Talk's John O'Connor is here to discuss the acceleration of wear and tear allowances for farm safety equipment. It's been shown that having farm safety equipment installed on your farm can prevent serious accidents. The equipment can qualify for capital allowance spread over a number of years. I understand there's now good news for farmers who invested in farm safety equipment, often at great expense. Yes, indeed, Maureen. On the 6th of October, the Minister of State with responsibility for research and development, farm safety and new market development, Martin Hayden TD announced the launch of the Acceleration of Wear and Tear Allowances for Farm Safety Equipment Scheme. The Minister for Finance, Pascal Donoghue, presumably would have had to sign a commencement order under the Finance Act of 2020. Correct, Mairead. To what extent, John, have the wear and tear allowances for farm safety equipment been accelerated? Currently, capital allowances are available at 12.5% per annum over eight years for agricultural equipment generally. The new scheme will allow for accelerated capital allowances of 50% per annum over two years for certain eligible equipment. What does this eligible equipment include? This eligible equipment includes, for example, chemical storage cabinets and anti-backing gates, as well as adaptive equipment to assist farmers with disabilities. The scheme is now operational and any qualifying adaptations or equipment purchased since 1st of January of this year, 2021, will be eligible under the scheme. What's the first step, John, in applying for the Accelerated Capital Allowance Certificate? Is there a dedicated email address? Yes, there is, Maureen. Minister Donoghue has advised that the following dedicated email address for applications has already been set up and is now operational. And that email address is ACA Farm Safety Equipment, all one word, lowercase, at agriculture.gov.ie. That's ACA Farm Safety Equipment, all one word, lowercase, at agriculture.gov.ie. Is there any ceiling on the total application for the accelerated wear and tear allowance for a farm safety equipment scheme, John? An annual total equipment cost of €5 million, excluding VAT, for the measure will apply. The scheme agreed is for accelerated capital allowances of 50% per year for two years, which may be claimed in respect of the capital expenditure incurred on the eligible equipment. Are the full terms and conditions for the scheme and an application form available online, John? Everything is set out on www.gov.ie forward slash farm safety and including an application form. The Saver Food eTool online facility, in conjunction with Munster Technological University in Cork, has been launched by the Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnellug. It's an initiative developed as part of the Saver Food programme for the Irish food service business to attempt to tackle food waste. Total food waste in Ireland equates to an annual cost well in excess of €300 million for the food service sector as a whole. So this e-tool, Minister Conlogue said, is a vital resource for any food business. Launching the Saver Food e-tool, Minister Conlogue said, recently we had marked 
International Day of Awareness of Food Loss and Food Waste, so it was an ideal time to launch the Savour Food e-tool, which he said could be used totally free of charge by all food service businesses to assist food waste reduction. This ties in with the ambition of his department's strategy, Food Vision 2030, providing a path forward to have food waste in Ireland by 2030. He said the hospitality and food services sector is responsible for over 200,000 tonnes of food waste generated each year. Across the Irish food service sector, approximately two-thirds of food waste is potentially avoidable. And he emphasised again that total food waste equated to an annual cost well in excess of €300 million for the Irish food service sector as a whole, and so this e-tool would be a vital resource for any food business. Saver Food is now offering a free online facility, that is, Saver Food e-tool, where food service businesses can assess just how much food waste might be costing them and what they can do across the business to reduce this food waste. The e-tool, he emphasised, was free to use and could be found at the following website, saverfood.ie, all one word, lowercase, saverfood.ie. The Saver Food Programme is funded by the Department of Agriculture, Food and the Marine under the Rural Innovation and Development Fund and is managed by Clean Technology Centre, MTU in Cork. John O'Connor for Farm Talk. I'm joined here by Philip Cotter, the PRO for Cork East Ploughing Association. So, uh, Philip, you're very welcome to Farm Talk and I understand you have some results and some information about upcoming events. Thanks very much, Mairead. That's, that's true and... I suppose at this stage, I should say, it's great to be back. We haven't been in contact for the most of two years. It's great to be back, and hopefully we're back to some kind of normality again in the future. And uh, from now on, we're looking forward to having qualifying matches between here and Christmas. So we hope to be in contact with you weekly. And at, that sta- at this stage, I'd like to give you results for last week, which was held in Kilbrain. And then I'll give you an update on the coming events. So just uh, the last Sunday's results. In the senior, first was Tad O'Brien, second Billy Tarrant, and third Michael Hannon. In the intermediate, first Don Connell, and second Damien Hearn. Under 28, first Jamie Hayes, and the farmer eight, Orla Hayes. The three for her, first Jim Barris, and second Eddie Hannon. The vintage trailer, first Paddy Connolly. The vintage single furrow, first Trevor Fleming. The vintage hydraulic, first Tom Bozang, second Phelan Cotter, and third Ray Clancy. And the two furrow reversible, first Paddy Harrington. Those are the results from Kilbrin last Sunday, and we had a, um, an exceptionally good day, in fairness, and the... Um, Land was very good. So we're looking forward now to going to Bantir tomorrow, October the 10th, on the lands of Mr. Christopher Burke Subalter, by his kind permission. And I'll give a postcode for the actual address, P51P, again for Paddy, 773. That's P51P773. That's the postcode for Subalter Cantork. The match will commence at 11.30am sharp 
and all NPA classes will be catered for. Anybody interested in ploughing tomorrow, if they could get in contact with Joe Tomey, and Joe's number is 087-926-0852, before 12 noon today. That's contact Joe Tomey, 087-926-0852, by 12 noon today. So hopefully we'll have a, a... Nice weather and a reasonable turnout or a good turnout. So thanks very much, Mairead, for your cooperation. And we'll be on sometime next week with the results from Bantir. Thanks again. Thank you, Philip. My name is Ashley O'Keefe and I'm the Cork County Mocker PRO and the Avenue Mocker Chairperson. Cork County Mocker has been very busy since the Mocker year has resumed in September. At the start of September, we were in Smuggler's Cove in Ross Carberry tubing. All of our regions are back active now that the restrictions are easing and it's great to see MOCRA members all over Cork County getting out and embracing all the MOCRA activities on offer. From sports, debating, farm walks, it's great to see everyone back and active. Avendu MOCRA holding a breast cancer awareness talk um, this Monday night at 8pm in Butterfield Soccer Club. It's open to everyone on the night so make sure to come along which should be a very informative night. All the regions in Cork County are looking for new members. So we've got Shandoon, Carberry, Musgrave, Immokilly and Avondu. All the clubs within the regions are open to new members. So make sure to give Cork County Mocra a message on Facebook or Instagram and we can send you in the direction of a club nearest to you. Over the next few months, Mocra is only going to get busier and busier as the restrictions ease and we're allowed back to our normal Mocra activities from social events, sports, debating, public speaking, agricultural competitions, and much, much more. Mocker is a great opportunity to meet new friends and um, make great new experiences. So make sure to come along and join up with your nearest club. Make sure to give us a message on social media and just watch out for all the Mocker activities happening all over the county. Thank you. Thank you, Ashling. Now, since the last Chagas Kaderi Gold Joint Programme event took place on farm 19 months ago, the new Chagas Kaderi Gold Joint Programme has commenced and the team has now organised a blitz of six events across the Dairy Gold regions over the next four weeks. There will be three farm events on next week, kicking off on the farm of Tim and Mary Leader in Rathcool on Monday the 11th of October at 11am. On Tuesday the 12th of October, they'll be on the farm of Sean Barry in Palace Green in County Limerick. And on Thursday the 14th of October. There'll be an event on the farm of Joe Morrissey in Rostellan Middleton. The other three events will be on Tuesday the 19th of October at Mark Lonergan's in Rosegreen, Cashel County Tipperary. The following week, Wednesday the 27th at Tom O'Connell's farm at Inniscarra near Blarney and finally at Sean Moore's farm in Mitchellstown on Tuesday, November 2nd. The focus of the farm walks is how to improve farm sustainability. The events will be introduced by describing what the new Changus Kaderi Gold Joint Programme 2021 to 2020 is about and the new signpost programme. They'll be discussing with the monitor farmers their current farm performance. They'll discuss how to improve water quality and practical ways to reduce nitrogen on farm. There will be speakers from Board Bia to discuss carbon footprint on farms and ways to reduce it. Munster Bovine will have a stop on breeding the future cow. All walks begin at 11am and all are welcome.
My thanks to John O'Connor for co-producing and contributing to the Farm Talk programme again this week. Thank you also to Katie O'Keefe for contributing to Farm Talk. I'm Maureen Tuick. Thanks for listening. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.